Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. As we have considered the fruit of the Spirit of love, joy, and peace, I believe it's reasonable to say that those fruits are very desirable and even tasty. And uh, I think about the fruit of love, and I think there's no one here in this room saying, I don't want that fruit. Okay? I think everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to love, and they want to learn how to love despite of ill conditions. I think about joy. Everybody, everybody wants to have joy. And uh, I don't think everyone wants to just stay grumpy, and, uh, and uh, I don't think any, anybody in, in this room especially wants to have an unhappy life and, 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 and not a, a, a life of satisfaction. And uh, we even think about uh, even the, uh, the fruit of peace, and we talked about that last week. I think all of us want to have peace in their heart. And uh, with all the different things going around in this world, I'm sure you want peace in your heart and knowing that God is in control and that you could trust the Lord in all things. And uh, as we think about practically, I'm sure many of you enjoy some different fruit in your life, and not spiritually, but maybe even physical fruit, just in relation to the illustration here or maybe the topic we're talking about. And uh, how many enjoy fruit after a meal? Raise your hand, okay? I'm sure all of us do. I ate some meal last night, and I went to get some fruit. Now, I was still full, but I wanted to get some fruit and, uh, you know, get some good healthy sweets, all right? Not a chocolate bar. I got some ice cream too, amen? And, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, not cheesecake or anything like that. I wanted God's dessert, okay? And uh, I wanted some fruit, and, uh, which was sweet, and after eating some, maybe salty food. And, uh, but uh, as we think about some fruit today, I'm sure many of you like strawberries, okay? And uh, maybe some of you like, you know, uh, melon. Maybe some of you like pineapples more than any other. And uh, maybe you like peach more than any other. Maybe you like grapes or maybe oranges and uh, uh, citrus fruit. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure many of you have different preference in your life, which fruit that you like. And you enjoy fruit that are well-riped and sweet. And those are very desirable. And this morning, the fruit that we will be going over might not be all that desirable because the flesh desires something else. This fruit that God wishes to manifest in our lives is called long-suffering. Many can desire love. Love that fruit. Very tasty, very sweet. And uh, many can desire joy. It makes sense to you. I want that fruit. Many can desire peace. And you go out of your way to... Uh, obtain that fruit and uh, maybe even be sacrificial to have peace in your life. But to desire long-suffering is somewhat hard to swallow. And it could be someone not as tasty. And one of the fruit that I have tried over and over again is papaya. How many of you, in, how many of you tasted papaya before? Raise your hand, okay? How many of you like papaya? Raise your hand. Okay, there's a few of you. I, I have tried it many times. I've been to Mexico to try papaya. And uh, I didn't go to Mexico just to try papaya, okay? And, uh, but I went back to Mexico for a vacation. And uh, I'm in, uh, they get the, uh, uh, the tropical fruit, you know, from the Central uh, 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 America. So their fruit are very good. I mean, the pineapples are different. And, and even the strawberries are very good. And uh, it just, it's just very different. And I was thinking, maybe papaya is different. So I tried papaya. 
And my taste buds said, no, it's the same. <laughs> and my taste buds said, no, you really don't like this. And, uh, you know, and uh, uh, even my sense, okay, my no sense said, you know, I don't think you really enjoy this type of scent. And, and every time I tried to eat it with new anticipation, every time my taste buds and no sense are disappointed. And, uh, and as I think about that, long-suffering could be that way. You could desire the fruit of love and joy and peace, but you try to take a bite of that fruit called long-suffering, you try to obtain that fruit, you're thinking, I wonder if I really want this. And the flesh decides to fight because the flesh is impatient okay, and doesn't want to suffer, okay, doesn't want trials in their lives. And the flesh, in every way, wants to do whatever he wants during different situations and different difficulties and, and try to have pride and, and self-motives. So long-suffering to the flesh could be very not desirable. And, uh, and, and the flesh might desire impatience and maybe hastiness and maybe even temper and maybe vengeance and, and uh, even worse, wrath. And the things that are contrary to long-suffering. And ladies and gentlemen, if we believe that God is love, if we believe that God is joy, if we believe that God is peace, then let us also firmly believe that God is long-suffering. If we do so, then we would truly desire to be more like him in this area. Why do we want love? Because God is love. And he could give us that love. And, and why do we want joy? Because Jesus Christ is our joy. Why do we want peace? Because God is our peace. And, uh, and why do we want long-suffering? Because God is long-suffering. And he wants to help us to have long-suffering. If you were to say, I want to be like Jesus in love, joy, and peace, but not in long-suffering, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're not being more like Jesus day to day. We're limiting the Holy Spirit of God. God wants us to be well around and also uh, 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 be in a higher ground day to day, obtaining different fruit of the Holy Spirit and every day learning uh, 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 to desire those fruit, even though we might not like it in the flesh. And we need the fruit of long suffering. As we have learned in our text, our God is long suffering. Psalm 86. Verse 15, I'll read it to you again. But thou, O Lord, art God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and in truth. As he is full of compassion, he is gracious, long-suffering, plenteous in mercy and truth. And we appreciate and stand in reverence of God's long-suffering. Why? Because of our sin. We appreciate the long-suffering of God. Why? Because he is perfect and we're not. And God says, I'm patient with you. I want to have long-suffering so that you have some time to repent. You have some time to turn around. You have some time to come back to me and, and meet with me. The Word of God describes us this way in Romans chapter 3. Our sins are very terrible. 
in verse 10, and it's in the screen, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. There are all gone out of the way, they are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher, an open grave. It's not a very pleasant sight. Our throat is like that, the Bible says. With their tongues, they have used deceit. The poison of asp is in their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness, their feet are swift to shed blood, destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known, and there is no fear of God before their eyes. As our God is holy, though he cannot stand the sins of mankind, as we think about the descriptions that we have in our sins and before we met the Lord Jesus, thank God our God is long-suffering. He is very long-suffering. It suffers them to see sin. It suffers them to see you in presumptuous sins. It suffers them to see you in known sins. And it suffers them to see you in the sins that you harbor in your heart, in your mind. And it could be the sin of lust. It could be a sin of uh, maybe even sexuality. It could be sin of hatred or bitterness or uh, maybe ill relationship. And, and uh, 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 even uh, 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 just the despisement you have toward other people. God, uh, in every way, are suffered as he sees your sins today. But he is long-suffering. And through long-suffering, and through suffering long, God reaches out to us so that we can repent and seek for forgiveness. And the greatest proof of his long-suffering is, is through his son, Jesus Christ. Christ was full of meekness, humility, and long-suffering. That's why he died on the cross, and that's why he was obedient unto death, and, and so that he might show sinners that he is full of wrath? No. That he is full of judgment? No. But that he is full of compassion, that he is full of mercy, and that he is full of long-suffering. And he is waiting for sinners to come to him. And he has done that for the last 2,000 years. How many say God is very long-suffering for the last 2,000 years? Christ said on the cross, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Those who ridiculed him and, and crucified him and, and even mocked him on the cross, if you're really the Son of God, why don't you come down from the cross? And Jesus says, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Long-suffering of God displayed in his Son. Creator of the world, dying for his sinful creation. And, and God, Jesus Christ, did suffer long, and he still does. And he is long-suffering to the unbelievers. He is long-suffering to the believers. And, and uh, God is long-suffering to all mankind, even though they might be in continuous sin, continual sin and indifference and even in rebellion. Now, why does God have long-suffering? That's a good question. Why does God suffer long. Why does he just execute judgment right away? And why don't he just come back right now? Because of his love. He loves you and I. He loves this world. The Bible is very clear in 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Here is an example how we need to love one another. 
Let's read this together. Ready? Charity, that's love, okay? Let's say it together. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself is not puffed up. What is the first phrase there? Charity what? Suffereth long. Charity suffereth long. If you truly know how to love, God says, you will have long suffering. So with that in mind, that's the horizontal challenge, but let's think about our vertical love that God has toward us. It is unconditional, and God says, hey, I love you despite of your sin, and I love you despite all the things that you have done, and I have long suffering towards you because of my eternal divine love for you. As our God is holy, and we know that, though he cannot stand the sins of mankind, he is long-suffering. And ladies and gentlemen, there is no way that we can say that we have loved the first fruit of the Spirit without long-suffering. And and if God is love, and that he brings long-suffering in his attribute, and we are challenged to do the same, as much as God is love, joy, and peace, we just talked about a moment ago, let us also want long-suffering because we have received long-suffering. As much as it is given towards you, the blessings of God, it is required and stewards that you be found faithful. As much as it is given, it is required, the Bible says. If God has given you his eternal, unconditional love, God says, I require you to have that love toward your husband, toward your wife, toward your children, and toward your, child, uh, toward your uh, family, and toward your co-worker, toward the, toward the unbelieving world. I want you to, uh, as much as you receive, I want you to uh, 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 give it to other people. As much as you enjoy the joy that I have given you. Hey, uh, uh, bring that joy to your family. Bring that joy to the people around you. And peace is the same way. And God, in, any, in every way, I believe is consistent. And I believe that he's going to require us to have long-suffering too. Why are you impatient with your husband? Why can't you suffer long? Why can't you suffer long with your wife, concerning your wife? Why can't you suffer long concerning your children? Why can't you suffer long with that coworker or that labor or maybe even your parents, young people? I know parents are not perfect. Why can't we suffer long in our relationship? Maybe it's because we really don't know the love of God. We don't really love our husbands like God loves us. We don't really love our wives like God loves us. It all comes down to love you see, concerning long-suffering. And let me describe this wonderful fruit that we often do not have taste for. If there's a tray of fruit and there's love, joy, and peace, I think many of you will just... Get love, joy, and peace, and eat much as you can of that. But many, many times, I think, maybe we'll avoid that fruit of long-suffering. Our flesh fights it. I'd like to share with you three biblical descriptions of long-suffering that we should desire today. First of all, long-suffering and salvation. Let's think about that. Let me describe long-suffering concerning salvation. Second Peter, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But his long-suffering to us were not willing that, how many? Any should perish. Isn't that wonderful? 
but that all should come to repentance. Did you know that God desires all men and women and, 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 and children to be saved and, and saved from hell and to be bound for heaven? And it doesn't matter who, God is long-suffering to all mankind so that they may believe His Son, Jesus Christ. And God is long-suffering to Charles Manson today. Did you know that? He got the death penalty, but the Superior Court of L.A. back in those days abolished the death penalty, so he got life in prison. Why? Because of the long-suffering of God. Did you know that God loves Charles Manson? You might be thinking that doesn't make sense. It makes sense to God. Why? God is long-suffering. God is love. His love is unconditional. I think about this man, president of Syria, and uh, who is killing his own people. If you're in the bag, you need to kind of stay with me on the slide, okay? And uh, God is long-suffering to this man of uh, uh, in Syria, who's killing his own people. I, 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 I looked at some images in Google uh, of, of what's happening in Syria. It's amazing what's happening there. And uh, I couldn't even, I mean, I couldn't even put up the pictures of the people who died by their own government. It was too horrific. I couldn't, I couldn't put it up there for you. This is the only decent picture I really found on that first page of Google. But God loves this man, this president of Syria. God is long-suffering toward this man. And God is long-suffering to Hamas. And God is long-suffering to the, uh, 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 the people who are against God's chosen people. And these people are not trying to defend their own area. These people are trying to get some land from Israel. And of course, Israel is God's chosen people. And, and, and Israel will, I believe all my heart, until, uh, until the Antichrist comes, uh, they'll gain more land. And they tried to do that back in the 60s. Egypt did. And they just ended up getting more land. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be political here, but these are people who are up to no good. They're willing to just kill anybody. And they built those tunnels, and, and they go to a civilian city and, and just massacre them. And Israel is trying to protect themselves from that. And these people are up to no good. But God loves the people. These people call Hamas. God is long-suffering toward these people. God is long-suffering to Boko Haram. You might think, who is that? This is the man who kidnapped 300 girls in Africa, in Nigeria. 300 Christian girls. Thank God, 67 of them ran away a few weeks ago. And now they're saved. But still, 200 of them are still kidnapped by this wicked man. Does God love Boko Haram? Yes or no? He does. God is long-suffering toward this man. Does God want President of Assyria? Does God want Boko Haram? Does God want Hamas? Does God want... Uh, Charles Manson, does God want these people to be saved, yes or no? Yes. You might be thinking, they don't deserve it. No, you didn't deserve it either. I didn't deserve it either. The thief on the cross didn't deserve it either. He got a death penalty. He might have done something very terrible. But Jesus said, you will meet me in paradise. 
the man in humility confessed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that, and that he is God in the flesh and, and he was saved. And God wants all men to be saved. And God is long-suffering to all. Why? Because God wants them to repent and be born again. Now, the Bible speaks about God's long-suffering in the days of Noah. The days of Noah is described in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually. You see, the Bible says it was full of wickedness and sin. And, uh, you know, uh, you might be thinking, yeah, that's why God judged with the flood and killed the whole Humanity, except for eight people. And someone could say God is very cruel, but you got to realize when God told Noah to build the ark and to the time of the flood, it was about 100 years. So for 100 years, God was long-suffering toward humanity. And the Bible says... In 1 Peter 3, 20, which sometimes were disobedient when, one, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. You see, the Bible says that God was long-suffering in the days of Noah. So for a hundred years, God was long-suffering to, toward that humanity in that generation so that they could be saved. Did God want those people to be delivered from the flood? Yes. And more than that, the Bible says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Noah was just, wasn't getting a hammer and a nail and just knocking on wood. Okay. He was also preaching. He was letting people know that the judgment of God is coming. The flood is coming. And I'm sure people mocked, and, and uh, there were many scoffers uh, in those days like we do now. And by the way, there are many people laughing of, about the second coming of Christ, but they'll be surprised when it happens, amen? As much as those people, they were surprised about the flood. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, I want you to know about the example of Noah and about the flood. Realize that God gave the preaching of his word, and God gave the example of the testimony of Noah and even a deliverance of an ark so that they could be saved from the judgment to come. And with that, realize that God does the same way too, even today. And uh, by the way, as we think about God's long-suffering, how holy he is, if God is long-suffering as he is holy toward non-believers, and sinners. How much should we be long-suffering toward those who are not saved? We are saved by grace, amen? Hey, they need to be saved by grace, too. You know, sometimes we are so conservative and we're so biblical and we have so much conviction, but we could in every way, not have compassion. Question for us today. Some of you do not like what's going on in America. Some of you do not like what's going on in the Middle East. You don't even like what's going on with Hamas. You don't even know, you don't even like what's going on with Syria. Um, and even myself, I don't even like those things. 
I don't like evil people doing evil things. But the question for me and you, for you and I, is when's the last time we prayed for these people? When's the last time we prayed that they would be saved? And, and for many of us, it just goes way over our heads, and we don't even think about that. And when's the last time you prayed for your neighbor that you just don't get along with? That neighbor is always in your business. That neighbor is always, you know, in every way uh, uh, not being pleasant towards you, and, and you don't like that neighbor. But when's the last time you prayed and, and had long-suffering and loved them as you should? I think we are all challenged in this area. And I'm not perfect, and you're not perfect, but we could all be challenged by this area in having long-suffering as much as God brought for salvation to those, even to, I'm sorry, to me and to you uh, 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 of, of long-suffering. And I believe we need to do the same toward us, uh, toward those who are uh, uh, in evil and sin. And we soon forget that we were once like them, and we were once full of cursing and bitterness. We were once filled with wrath and anger all the time, and we were once in drunkenness and pleasure of the flesh, and we were once in blasphemy and denying the Lord. And as you perceive those who are so full of sin, be long-suffering. Why? Because you need to look at yourself, how you're, you are delivered. Don't desire for their destruction, but for their salvation. Because you are saved by God's long suffering. I like what the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14 through 16. And, and the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit, for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me, first Jesus Christ, my soul forth all long suffering. For a pattern to them, we should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Apostle Paul says, I'm the chief of all sinners. If there's, I mean, I don't know how many sinners there were in that, in that day, but Apostle Paul said, I am the chief of all sinners. And God brought forth to me long suffering. And Apostle Paul says, for a pattern to them who will believe. What is, it? what is he saying? God had long-suffering toward me. And those who will be saved in the future, God will have long-suffering toward them too. God had long-suffering toward my dad for 10 years. For 10 years. My dad did not like church, did not like Christianity. One time he kicked the Bible in the house, didn't like seeing it. Didn't like the fact that we went to church. Didn't like the fact that my mom went to church three times a week. Um, didn't like the fact that she was reading her Bible early in the morning. Didn't like any of it. I said it many times. He often said, why does Jesus Christ need to cleanse my sins? I'll take care of my own sins. And, uh, but in every way, as he was Shaking his fist at God. God wasn't shaking his fist at him. What was God doing? God was reaching out to him. God was loving my dad. And as I think about that, you know, there are many people out in the world God is long-suffering to. And we need to understand this sometimes. And you might be thinking, why does that person act like that? Well, 
because they're not saved. Because they don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. They don't know the fruit of the Spirit. They just don't know. So what do we do? Be impatient? No. Be long-suffering. Be patient with them. Love them. And by the way, if Paul were to say that I'm chief of us sinners, I think in every way we should say the same thing. Don't you point your finger and say, hey, he's, he's such a bad sinner than I am. No, don't do that. No, you're the chiefest of all sinners. You point your finger at yourself. Do that. Do that in your marriage, too. Now, don't look at your wife and say, I'm the, I'm the chief sinner, honey. <laughs> and, uh, you know, don't make it a joke. And, uh, but just be mindful of the fact that, hey, you are a terrible sinner. You know, I, I'm, as, I, as I go through my Christian life, I'm often questioning myself, what is wrong with me? There's something wrong with me inside. I see more, more, more. And after I got saved, I saw, I saw a yes. But as I, as, I, as I get, as I get uh, 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 in every way, uh, uh, get to know Jesus Christ, read my Bible more, we pray more, I realize that I, I come much more shorter than ever before. And God starts dissecting my life and said, there's something wrong with you here. There's envy here. There's covetousness here. There's selfishness here. There's somewhat bitterness right in that corner. Do I get frustrated? Yeah, sometimes. But I know in every way when I think about these things, when God reveals to me how much of a sinner I am, I love the grace of God. I am so grateful for my salvation. Because yesterday I was singing just as I am. Just as I am. He just took me in as I was. He didn't say, Jimmy, be, be more holy. Jimmy, uh, be more patient. Jimmy, uh, Live a more of a righteous life, then I'll, I'll have you to be saved. No, just as you are, you come to me. I'll take you in. I love you. And I like that song, with that one plea. He took me in with that one plea. I wasn't even asking for him. And Jesus said, come. Did you know that he was seeking you? It wasn't you seeking him. What a wonderful God. He provided salvation. He died on the cross when no man was asking for him and no man was asking for the Son of God to come. But Jesus Christ came down and he died for your sin because he loves you and he's long-suffering and he's waiting for all men to be saved. And ladies and gentlemen, if we enjoy the long-suffering of God that much, and the love of God that much. How dare we not have long-suffering toward each other? How dare we not have long-suffering toward those who are not saved? Oh, have long-suffering, my friend. Remember your salvation. Remember how God was long-suffering toward you. Be long-suffering to the non-believers and toward those who are in sin, wickedness, and evil. Secondly, long-suffering of strength and joy. Long-suffering of strength and joy. Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. 
strength with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. You know, longsuffering is, oh, man, you know, this really hurts and it's agonizing. I can't take it anymore, but I'm going to keep on doing it anyways. That's not longsuffering. No, longsuffering can be done with joyfulness. That's what the Bible says here. It's not like, oh, man, it's beating me down. I'm just going to have to take it. I'm going to take it, take it. No, that's not long-suffering. That's not biblical long-suffering. As much as long-suffering is love, it is joy. It is joy. We have long-suffering toward others. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the next point, but we have long-suffering concerning some personal trials at hand. We understand that. And we seem not to suffer long with joy. And uh, I want you to look, uh, look at James chapter 1. I think it's in the screen. It says, my brethren, James testified that long-suffering and patience is part of joy. My brethren, count it all what? Joy. When ye fall into divers temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh what? Patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect, entire, wanting nothing. And Apostle Paul also witnesses in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And he was going through some thorn in the flesh, maybe some health trials. And he says, most what? Let's say it together, most gladly. That's joy. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And then Jesus left his testimony of long-suffering and joy as well. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, <coughs> the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the what? Joy that was set before him endured the cross. You and I can attain joy with long-suffering. That's what the Bible says. Long-suffering doesn't have to be agonizing and, and grievous. No, long-suffering could be a joyous occasion with hope and with faith. Oh, long-suffering should not give us weakness or sorrow, but long-suffering of trial should give us strength and joy. Famous preacher D.O. Moody told about a Christian woman who was also bright, cheerful, and optimistic. And though she was confined to her room because of illness, she was still optimistic about her life. She lived in an attic apartment on the fifth floor of an old, rundown building. A friend decided to visit her one day and brought along another woman, a person of great wealth. Since there was no elevator, the two ladies began to, uh, 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 begun, uh, had begun to uh, climb the long uh, line of stairs. When they reached the second floor, the well-to-do woman com commented, what a dark and filthy place. How could anyone live here? And her friend replied, her friend, her friend replied, it's better higher up. And they kept on going, and they arrived at the third landing, the third floor. The remark was made, things look even worse here. And again, the friend replied, it's better the two women finally reached the attic level where they found the bedridden saint of God with a smile on her face, radiated, radiated joy that filled their heart. 
Although the room was clean and flowers were on the windowsill, the wealthy visitor could not get over the stark surrounding in which this woman lived, and she, uh, and she blurted out in sympathy, it must be very difficult for you to be here like this. Without a moment's hesitation, the shut-in lady who was waiting for the visitors to come responded in her best side, it's better higher up. You know, through long-suffering, this lady found strength and joy. She wasn't saying, oh, look at me. Look at me. Woe is me. Having self-pity parties and not having hope, more, but more doubts. And, 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 and this lady was not saying, it's not fair, it's not fair, it's not fair. But she looked, toward up, she looked up and she, she said, it's better higher up. It's better higher up. She found hope and she found joy in long suffering. By the way, long suffering is only for a season, amen? And you might be thinking, decade or two? Hey, it could be your whole lifeline, but it's still a season. Why? Because we have eternity waiting up there. We have heaven waiting up there. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. All trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face. All sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till you see Christ. It's better higher up. Long suffering doesn't have to be Agonizing or grieving, long-suffering could be full of strength, could be full of joy. With that, number three, long-suffering with singleness of heart. Colossians chapter 3, verse 11 through 13, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythians, none are free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, Humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. I said last Sunday night we ought not to be on Mount Sinai in Christianity when we are comparing ourselves with others. Where is Mount Sinai? Where Moses went up. And Moses came down, he had to put a veil on his face because he saw the holiness of God. And which is a wonderful picture how we can meet the Lord even today. And the throne of grace is open and that we can see him. But when we compare ourselves with other people, may we dare not say we're on Mount Sinai. No, we need to visit the hill of Calvary where the ground is level at the foot of the cross. As much as you are pointing out different mistakes and different sins about the other person, Realize that you're also forgiven of your sins. And also, maybe even, you're being a hypocrite and not recognizing that you have done those sins before. And you have been impatient before. You have said some curse words before. You have been very rude before. And as much as we are single 
as much as we are gathered together in unity and in harmony at the foot of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the ground is level, ladies and gentlemen, let us have the same heart toward each other too. And I want to encourage you today, as much as long-suffering is love and long-suffering could be joyous, hey, long-suffering can have peace. And I think we need peace as we think about the fellowship that we have as a church. I don't think we need bigotry, and I don't think we need arrogance. I don't think we need pride. I don't think we need carnality of fights and arguments. I think we need peace. And the way we do that is through long-suffering. And ladies and gentlemen, the person who offended you might not even recognize that he offended you or she offended you. You know, after I got married, I realized that there are a lot of things I offended my wife with. Didn't realize it. And until she told me, until she has like tears in her eyes. And I'm thinking, what is wrong with you? What did I say? What did I do? Any men do that? Only me? How am I? Am I only, uh, Brother David, thank you for joining the party. Yeah, I mean, what did I do? What did I do? I didn't do that. What's the problem? And I'm not saying you'd be, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not giving myself a break here, but I'm just saying they're, they're as, as much as marriage is like that, and, 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 and ladies could do the same thing and say, what did I do? How did I offend you? That's the same thing with every other Christian brother and sister. And there might be somebody who offended you, they might not even know it. And in fact, Jesus Christ says, forget them, for they know not what they do. They just don't know. You just have to give it to Jesus and forgive them. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to encourage you to have long-suffering toward other people. And thank God for the church family and thank God for Bible Baptists. And as much as we gather to worship the Lord Jesus Christ, how dare we worship the Lord Jesus without peace and without long-suffering? And I want to encourage you to have humility. You know, the Bible says only by pride come a contention. You know why you argue? You know why you always kind of have tension when you come to church and when you have tension toward other people around you and even in your marriage and your family? It's because of pride. Only reason why is because of pride. Only by pride come a contention. The reason why you don't, you don't have long suffering is because of pride. Die to self. Die to self. Jimmy Pack needs to die. I need to die. We all need to die to self. And then we'll bring forth much fruit. The grain of wheat will fall on the ground and it will die, Jesus said. But if it dies, then it will bring forth much fruit. And I want to encourage you to, in every way, be humble. And by the way, don't be observing yourself to be humble either. I like what Mr. Dehan said. He said, humility is something we should constantly pray for, yet never thank God that we have. <laughs> so don't say, thank you, Lord, for giving me humility. <laughs> you might have pride. 
That's how dangerous we are. We could be humble and we could be prideful about, of our humility. And this is how ridiculous we are in the flesh. And we got to be very careful. And we need to have long-suffering toward other people. Why? Because God was long-suffering toward us. Have peace. So you love that fruit of joy, right? You love that fruit of love. You get a good taste of that, sweet, and sweet to your soul. And you love peace, but you'll not get those three fruit unless you have long-suffering. That's what we just went over this morning. You'll never have love. Okay? That true love. You might think you have love, but if you don't have long-suffering, you don't have that true love of the Holy Spirit. You might think that you have joy, but you won't have joy unless you have the fruit of the, uh, the long-suffering. And you won't have peace unless you have the fruit of long-suffering. It all comes together. That's why the fruit of the Spirit is lined up okay, in one basket. It's all gathered together in one basket. It all comes together. You cannot just say, I have love, joy, and peace, and now forget the long-suffering. I don't want that. No, it all comes together. I want to encourage you, if you want long-suffering, if you want the Holy Spirit of God to do something in your life, I want to encourage you to pray for it. I want to encourage you to experience it in your own life and practice long-suffering. Because you'll not get love, joy, and peace unless you have it.